Welcome. You're listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope that you're encouraged and challenged by this week's message. So today I have called the message A Thankful Heart. Many of you know in America we've just celebrated Thanksgiving. So just this Thursday past, we celebrated Thanksgiving. We had a turkey, we had a bunch of trimmings. We had pumpkin pie. We had our mums in, which was really nice. Sherry's mum has a tradition where before you eat, so imagine you've been cooking and smelling stuff all day, but you, you gather before you do, and you go around and you just say what you're thankful for. And it's a real nice tradition. But we want to have and be a people who have a thankful heart. And many times, have you ever met somebody like the expression, I, I, I've heard it growing up, but an ingrate, where somebody's just like not thankful, they're ungrateful, and you just kind of are like, you know, um, man, how can you be like that, you know? And here we are in Scotland, in the United Kingdom, where many nations of the world would, would sever an arm, they would go across a boat to just come to have some of the things that we have, and we just take them for granted. And just, I remember a friend of mine, we went on mission, we had been in Mexico, where they always say about don't drink the water, and we were in places in the world where you have to dig a well, and then you have to purify the water. And here we turn on, we have some of the best water in the world, just turning on a tap in your house. And we don't even think anything of it. And we, I mean, with the storm, there were some people without power, but you plug in something, you flip the switch, and you have electricity. There's some places in the world where they don't have that privilege, they don't have anything. Even a generator might be something that they would, would be praying for. So we have so many things to be thankful for and to have a thankful heart. And my friend said one time we were on mission and he said, we were from America and he said that we live in the land of miracles. And he said for most of the world, what we just take for granted every day is a miracle. And we don't think about that but we live in a land of miracles. For most of the world, they would be praying for some of the things. So, I mean, today we woke up. Most of you hopefully had heating. Thankful for heating. Thankful for a warm bed. There's much to be thankful for. So Thanksgiving, it's a yearly holiday. Some of you know the tradition, but those of you that don't, um, this is what started it. So pilgrims sailed from Plymouth, England. And Linda will know because it's in her vicinity when they landed over in that uh, New England area, but they left Plymouth, England, and Sherry and I were traveling, and we got to stop at Plymouth, and there's a little plaque there to the Mayflower, and to those who ventured out to go across the pond, but they went to the New World on the Mayflower to enjoy religious freedom. It wasn't that they just needed a bit more space, but there was such persecution, so they went out to enjoy religious, religious freedom, and they were thankful for their safe landing on the shores of the New World after a very dangerous voyage across the Atlantic. And so many died just even across that journey. And it was terrible. And they came across New England winter, which is not the best time of year to be in New England unless you're at home with a hot cup of something and just looking at the beauty in the pine trees. Their survival from that devastating first winter in the new homeland came only with the help of a man named Squanto. When November 1621 arrived, those who survived celebrated their first Thanksgiving. And it was for God's providence with new friends and the help that they received to survive and make it in the new world. This was also a nod because they went for religious freedom. It was a nod to the Hebrew culture where sacrifices called the todah or the Thanksgiving offering were presented before God. So Thanksgiving by definition, and again, in our minds we sometimes think Thanksgiving is turkey and stuffing and all that, but it, 
it comes from the Todah, to give praise to God. It's thanksgiving in songs, in liturgical worship, hymns of praise. Thanksgiving choir or procession with a line or company. A thank offering, a sacrifice of thanksgiving or confession and giving thanks to God. So we have this other tradition that we have in the States. Many of you may know what comes after the day of Thanksgiving. You guys know? Black Friday. So one day after you've just sat around a table and counted your blessings and told God how thank you, thankful you were for everything that he's provided, you get up at 4 a.m. or sooner to go to the shopping plaza to try to get that last television. And black... Yeah, and there's fist fights that happen. And you'll see that someone will get this 50-inch TV for, for 100 pounds. And so they, they only have one, though. So people are fighting over it, and fist fights happen. Now, it's come across the pond a bit, Black Friday, but everyone here is just much too polite. I've yet to see anyone on the news the day after in Britain that has punched some granny because they, she had this last doll. But hopefully that doesn't come across. But Black Friday, uh, some have asked, but the tradition was that most of the year you've been in the red in your business, and so it's a way to do sales and things so you end the year in the black. So it's, that's the, the uh, basis or the idea behind Black Friday. We, again, we hope that we don't see uh, those fist fights and things breaking out. But we were in, uh, I think, in Asda on a Black Friday, and there was just a few things left, and someone was like, no, please, you. No, 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 you. And I'm like, wow. That's a good thing. So we hope some of our exports don't come to that. We're going to look at, if you have your Bible or your phone or your tablet, however you want to follow along, it will be on the screen. Psalm 100, beginning in verse 3. David wrote many songs and psalms and hymns and things about God and, and being thankful. But he says, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. I'm just going to pause there for a minute. That's a good thing to know. Because some of us think we're God, <laughs> and we create him in our image, but it's he who's made us, not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. And this is what David instructs. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courtyards with praise. Give thanks to him, Bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations. And I talked about that a few weeks ago, that the Lord does for a thousand generations. We had something amazing that had happened uh, on Friday. We had our moms, our son-in-law's grandparents, we had our daughter and our grandkids, but we had four generations together. And we had all the grannies there, and it was Four generations, and here God says he does it for a thousand generations. And it's, we want that godly heritage and that godly legacy to a thousand generations. His faithfulness is to all generations. And one thing that's interesting in the Bible, if you ever read it, says that he's the God of Abraham, he's the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Well, Isaac and Jacob at some point had to declare and make God their God as well. And sometimes I think we can think, well, you know, I have the faith of my mom. I have the faith of my dad. And we're going to get to heaven and say, but my mom followed you. Did you ever make that decision? We have to decide, is he our God? But his faithfulness is to all generations. Many times in scripture, the expression that comes before praise is a sacrifice of praise. 
And that's the expression that's used many times. It can truly be a sacrifice to praise God or to be thankful when life is difficult. When things are well, we can praise and we can be thankful, but it's when the rubber meets the road. It's when things can be difficult. Will we still be able to give thanks? Will we still be able to praise? David had said, will I give to the Lord that which cost me nothing? He knew there had to be a price. There had to be something involved to be able to have this praise, that it sometimes is a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes in a Sunday, you could barely get there, and you're in the back, and you don't even have a song within you, but you're there, and it's a sacrifice that you've made unto God, and he sees that. When things are going well, it can seem easy to be thankful. But it's in those tough times that it gets hard. And sometimes our gratitude isn't there. Sometimes we can't just say those things, and it's hard to even say thank you. And this is where it becomes a sacrifice. We have to yield. We have to humble ourselves before God. And some of those times when it's hard, we have to declare. And sometimes just out loud, God, you're good. Even in the toughest times, I know that you're good. Your character is good. Your thoughts toward me are good. And I declare that you're good. Even if I don't see it, even if I don't experience it, I believe that you're good. I trust that you're good. David encouraged his own soul to worship the Lord. Sometimes he had to pick himself up by the scruff of his neck, give himself a kick in his bum and say, oh soul, let's praise the Lord together. And sometimes we have to do that. We have to look in the mirror and say, praise the Lord with me, even to our own soul. This psalm gives us keys and steps to offering praises to God and also for us to be accepted. As Pastor Gordon mentioned last week about keys and prayer turning those locked doors, prayer and thanksgiving go hand in hand, or rather I would say from knee to knee. They go together, prayer and thanksgiving when we're thankful, we are acknowledging that he's our provider. See, sometimes in life we think it's our hard work and it's our job and it gives us the things that we need and desire. But we have to remember that he is our provider. That's our position in him. He's the provider. He is our heavenly father making provision for us. James 1.16 says this, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good thing given... And every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. And we sometimes think it's through something we did. And I know people like play the lottery and they want to have money to do these things. Let us just realize and, and recognize that it's from God. He is our provider. He even has blessed us with some of the jobs that we have. Some of us are ill-equipped for what we do, and it's been the blessing of God. In that culture at the time, there was an understanding that to go into the temple, there was a process, and steps needed to be taken. You didn't just, you know, flip your coin walking up to the temple. You had steps and a process that you had to go through. You didn't go in when you felt like it, just not at your fancy you would have to prepare to offer your sacrifice. There were courts and chambers. There's the women's court and there's different chambers and then there's stairs that go up and then there's the altar and things and then of course the holy of holies and the sanctuary and there's all these different courts and gates. And so to go in, you didn't just walk into 
to the temple. You would have to be prepared. You would have to take steps. There was a laver there and the priest would wash and there were steps. It wasn't just this idea that you went in whenever you felt like it. You would have to make many different preparations to go in. So the priest would then examine your sacrifice. So if you were bringing in your, your lamb or your turtle doves or whatever your sacrifice was, the priest would examine it. And if it wasn't proper, you were turned away. They had the responsibility to make sure that your sacrifice was to God's standard without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And there would be that temptation. Maybe you had a lamb that was lame or that just maybe wasn't right. And that would be the one you'd bring because it was going to you know, damage the herd. You wanted the best, but God wanted our best. Again, to remind us that he's the provider. So the priest had the responsibility, and it would be on the priest if they started to accept those sacrifices. You couldn't bring a lame or blind animal. Friends, how many times do we just come to church, even in a foul mood? Might step on a couple of toes today, but we come with a foul mood. We sing a few songs, and unfortunately, they weren't our favorite, so we didn't want to sing or want to engage. But it says, we are encouraged to worship the Lord for all that he's done. We enter his gates to come in. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's like the first step. That's how we come in with thanksgiving. That's entry point. That's how we enter. We can't enter his gates complaining. We can't enter angry. We can't enter without a thankful heart because the temple was on a highest point. You could see it from all around Israel. In fact, when we were there, even from the Mount of Olives, you could see that temple mount. It was prominent. So you would go up. They always would say go up to Jerusalem because it was a high point. So you knew when you were going to temple and what the expectation was and you had a merry heart to go and make your sacrifices. But Thanksgiving is how we enter. That's the starting point to continue onward to the courts. Then it says, entering the courts with praise. And he's giving us a progression, bringing you closer to his presence. So in that progression, you were getting closer and closer when you did all the things correctly. You were getting closer to the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was and his presence was. And so it was a procession, and David's giving you instructions on how to do that. The Holy of Holies was at the center, the place where his presence was. And the outer courts were far removed from the inner chamber. We desire to be closer to God. And one of the ways to get closer to God is with thanksgiving. Remember the Israelites were in all kinds of trouble in the wilderness because they kept complaining. They kept murmuring. And even in closed tents where no one thought they heard and they were complaining against Moses and all these things would happen. But it's thanksgiving, it's gratitude that is one of the keys. So a Harvard Medical School study has done much research on gratitude. In one study, they asked all participants to write a few sentences each week, focusing on particular topics. One group wrote about things that they were grateful for that had occurred during the week. A second group wrote about daily irritations or things that they had been displeased by. And the third wrote about events that had affected them with no emphasis on being positive or negative. After 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and felt better about their lives. Surprisingly, they also exercised more 
and had fewer visits to physicians than those who had focused on sources of aggravation. Gratitude is a thankful appreciation for what an individual receives, whether tangible or intangible. With gratitude, people acknowledge the goodness in their lives. Gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. If you want more happiness in your life, there's one way. Gratitude helps people feel more positive in their emotions. They relish good experiences. It improves their health. It helps them deal with adversity and build strong relationships through just being thankful. In psychology today, they found that gratitude improves physical health, psychological health, enhances empathy, and reduces aggression. It improves self-esteem and increases mental strength. And generally, grateful people sleep better. So if you're an insomniac or having trouble sleeping, according to this study, it helps you to sleep better. Paul acknowledges or encourages us in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. He says, rejoice always. Rejoice always. Rejoice when it's snowing. Rejoice when you turn that key and it doesn't even make a click. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And I've said this before. Many people say, what's God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? Well, there's one right there. One of the God's wills for your life is to, in everything, give thanks. At times we don't understand. In hard times, in good times, give thanks. Even think of your siblings, your spouse, your parents. Isn't it so much nicer when there's gratitude? You do something for someone that Thank you. We've been watching our granddaughter is just completely fascinated with Moana. And there's that song in there about your welcome. And it's so funny how we, we've lost that. I mean, there's, you know, we, we say thank you, but there's very few people that say you're welcome. Or just, it used to just be like common you know, everywhere that you went. And it's like getting lost in a, in a way. Thanksgiving is a vital element of worship. It's really hard to have our heart and our spirit engage in worship when we're in a foul mood or we're angry Thanksgiving or gratitude is a vital element of it. And it, in the Bible, it says we're told to use songs, hymns, and spiritual songs to express our gratitude to our God. God's will is that we are thankful in all things. What a way to spend the day. And I'm not saying that, you know, when you have that tire that has no more air in it, that it's just, you know, a time to just break into song. People will think you're a nutter. But it's... I remember one time I went over uh, some tracks, some train tracks, and like my tire had come loose. And I pulled off to the side of the road and it started to rain. And a policeman came up. And he just said, do you need some help? And this was days before we had mobile phones and things. And he goes, I can call a tow truck for you. And he says, and I'm not joking and people think I'm joking, but he opened the door to his cruiser and on the seat was a box of donuts. He says, do you like a donut? Because that's the thing in the States, uh, they always say the police with their donuts. But he offered me a donut, and I sat in there while it was raining and cold, sat with him till the tow truck came, and I was on my way. But I was thankful, because even in that, it would have been many miles I would have had to walk in the rain. There would have been no way to contact anyone. But he came right when that happened. So again, we can be thankful. Even when things are, are rough, we can be thankful. Uh, in Levit Leviticus 22:29, it says, when you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. 
do it the right way with the right heart. When God gave the instructions for sacrifices, you had to do it the right way and with the right heart. And there would be a blessing that came with it. When Jesus, it says, healed 10 lepers, only one of them returned to give thanks. We wonder if that percentage would be any higher today. Even then, they're healed of leprosy and they were slow. Only one returned to give thanks. They just went about their daily lives. We're quick to ask. Some of us ask God for things, but we're slow to appreciate. May we never cease to have a grateful heart. And it's something that's just within. And it's, in life we have choices and we have control over things. We can choose to have a grateful heart. We can choose to be sour and sullen and angry. It's a choice. David says this in Psalm 50, 23. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who sets his way properly, I will show the salvation of God. We desire to see the salvation of God. God is the God who saves. Let our hearts and attitude be right in his sight. Remember, the Bible says that he even knows the thoughts and intents or motives of our heart. May we have the right heart, a thankful heart. Philippians 4, 6, many of you know this verse from memory. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Many of us spend a lot of our lives anxious with our stomachs churning. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Daniel prayed in perfect peace and slept in a lion's den while the king spent a restless night in the palace. So there's Daniel, den of lions, hungry, ready to eat him, had a peaceful night's sleep, and it says the king worried all night what was going to happen to Daniel. When we pray with thanksgiving, we can have his perfect peace, even in the middle of difficulties. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer. And we're going to keep hearing these things about prayer as well. When Pastor Gordon was mentioning that last week, going forward, we're going to have prayer. That's the key. That's one of the main keys to things. But he says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. They use that expression now, modern would be attitude of gratitude. Easy to remember kind of rhymes, an attitude of gratitude, but an attitude of thanksgiving. Our attitude is another key component and an important ingredient to success in our prayers. Because we want to pray prayers that are answered. We don't want to just pray any haphazard thing. We want prayers that would be answered. So our attitude or the way that our motive in our heart is, is how that can be. Sincere gratitude to God puts fervor in our prayers. When we're thankful and we give God thanks, it puts that fervor in our prayers. David says this in Psalm 50, verse 8. I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices, and your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house, nor male goats from your folds. For every animal of the forest is mine. And this is where sometimes we've joked where people say, oh, God just wants your money. God is not at all. He says, every animal of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and everything it contains. Shall I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of male goats? Offer God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will rescue you 
and you will honor me. And it's a beautiful combination of the two. This was written, as David penned this, with an emphasis on true spiritual worship. We can fall into routine and we just can go through the motions. We could just, that's just what we do. But we have to engage, our heart and spirit have to engage in worship fully. We can worship from habit, but not from the heart. And we all can. There's just sometimes, and I'm the minister, and I'll be honest, there's just some Sundays you're like, boy, I just wish I could have a lion. We all can have that, but it's the heart. God wants our heart before he wants our sacrifices. It does no good to sacrifice unless there's faith in the heart and a desire to honor God. What God is looking for is thanksgiving from our hearts, obedience to his word, to prayer, and a desire to honor him in everything that we do. And he's saying this to the people. He's not after your goats and after your bulls. He wants your heart in worship to him. Colossians 3.15, and I have it here out of the Amplified. And he says, and let the peace, soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you were also called to live and be thankful appreciative giving praise to God always one leper returned to give thanks how many times have we prayed and I know for in my life I've seen God's hand move and answer prayer time after time. Are we thankful? I know that we, uh, as a family, we say grace. We thank God before we eat to just thank him for the providence and for the meal that's before us. Warren Wearsby says this, when a Christian loses the peace of God, he begins to go off in directions that are out of the will of God. He turns to things of the world and the flesh to compensate for his lack of peace within. I would even add to that, maybe people look to medication or look to drugs or alcohol because they have no peace within. He tries to escape, but he cannot escape himself. When there is peace in the heart, there will be praise on the lips. When David covered up his sins, he lost his peace and his praise. But when he confessed his sins, his song returned. Never lose the song in your heart, making melody to our Heavenly Father. And sometimes it's like a gauge. You know, sometimes we walk with God, we're reading our Bible every day and we're doing things, and other times it feels like we've drifted away. And then it's like it checks, like your engine light coming on or something on your dash. It's like, if I lost the song, the melody in my heart, am I not right? And it's a time to kind of see where our heart is. Let us always be thankful to God. Someone had said that if you woke up tomorrow only with the things that you thank God for today, what would you have? We have so many things to be thankful for. We have so many things to be thankful for. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for another inspirational message. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelamchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.